0: okay good morning everybody i see the little notification that says you are live right on the middle of my screen so
1: We're alive.
0: yay so good morning and welcome to this week's virtual plant clinic my name is bill lester i'm with university of florida extension service in hernando county florida and i'm here with my regular co-host lily browning who is the mm-hmm. hernando county florida friendly landscape coordinator and we are both here once again. I know last week I had I was out of town, and Lily and Master Gardener Bernie did a fantastic job. I didn't watch it all the way through to like review and evaluate the answers to the questions. I'm sure you guys did just fine. I'm yeah, sure you handled everything just great.
1: We we had a good time. So, and people like people like having that guest star of Bernie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're working on having more um guest stars, basically. People join us to and you know who are experts in different areas and are going to be able to answer kind of a wider variety of questions.
1: Mm-hmm. I tried to bring Tia the um Florida friendly landscaping agent uh from Orange County. But um she she hadn't fully committed and and she wasn't she she needed to take a professional exam and didn't think she had signed in and then apparently um, it came through she was able to do it so she didn't join us last week but so you'll have to ask her again yes Monique I noticed that you were not there and Bernie is one of your favorite people <laughs> but you know what it's recorded so you can always go back on Facebook and. Um, watch it
0: again. Yes, you know these these clinics are all recorded and you can access them on our Facebook page, the Hernando Extension Facebook page, the Hernando Extension private Facebook group. Lily, do you share them on your Facebook sure. page? Yes. Okay. I do. And they also go onto our YouTube channel
1: and, and on podcasts.
0: They are saved as a podcast also. And available on, I think, six different platforms, so.
1: Yeah, they're on, um, what is that? Spotify. Because mm-hmm. um, I had I had um, subscribed to us on Spotify until I got tired of Spotify because it was invasive in my phone and wouldn't ever shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> stop. Stop talking to me. So. I uninstalled
0: it, but you can get it that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can't think of too many other ways to, you know, share this information with y'all, uh short of me and Lily coming to your house and like doing interpretive dance or something. I guess. Yeah,
1: that'd be cool. See, I had
0: to put that one up there. Hey, put it back. Hey. Okay, <laughs> we're, 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 we're Stop it. Okay. <laughs>
1: This one, this one, you should just keep up the whole <laughs> program.
0: Okay. Monique says she watched your Monarch and Milkweed video and it was excellent. That's great.
1: Yes. And that is still, um, I've repinned it again to the top of my page, um, on my Facebook page, so people can find it. Um, I sent it to John at the Public Information Office. So, But I sent him two at the same time. I sent him that one as well as our micro irrigation one that we did, and told him that that today and today only he got that two for one special. (coughs) Now I know there was a park that had a grand reopening this week. Yeah, John was probably you know very much involved with that. So I know when he has the opportunity, he will transfer our videos into you know YouTube uh versions of the videos um and so hopefully you know in the next week or two the all the one on monarchs, milkweeds and myths that i did and um ours on micro irrigation will both be up there and that should put me somewhere around 86 i think <laughs> yeah.
0: you know every time i send him a video he has it right back to me either that day or by the next morning
1: yes well you know what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> He's got and, a lot to do. And I think if it's something that the um, county administrator or other people are involved in, that's probably going to get his attention. <laughs> so, you know, and you know reason, it's not the only, you know, exciting thing going on out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, for your information, if you remember um, all the videos that Rick Fody made of water awareness. Mm -hmm. Alice forwarded me a question from somebody who was asking about one, the water awareness class we did on septic systems.
1: Yes.
0: And I, and I have no idea where those things were sitting. So I emailed John and Monique email back. She found it. She sent me a direct link to it. They still exist, but I'm not sure how accessible they are through the County website. Um, I and they're not on youtube so they're
1: they're not they're, on youtube they haven't been transferred to youtube but you yeah. can go to the hernando county government broadcasting in the archives <laughs> i haven't done that in a long time but i could have done that but i'm glad that monique
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no no, no. I was, she got right back with well, it and, yeah. and i saved the email with the link okay. so if you're ever wondering about any of those old videos we did i have a link that i assume goes yeah. to the list buried somewhere in the county website or
1: yeah she seemed to forget that you and mary lust put on that program i reminded her of that that, that to ask you and you would uh-huh. get with mary with with poor septic mary <laughs> and to get the the um answers to those questions
0: yeah i mean if, if she wanted us to have us back to do that again we'd be more than happy
1: i don't know when we're going to start doing with the We used to have once a month on a Friday, what we call water awareness series. And that is my boss's Bailey wig. She sets that all up. That's her thing. So I don't know, I mean, possibly fall. I know a lot of people miss those programs. They would come, we have a big room downstairs and we have Mm -hmm. guest speakers. And um, you've been one (laughs) several times before. Mm -hmm. I'm usually one about once a month I mean once a month once a season um they usually run you know we don't hold them in the summer but they run most of the time that our seasonal residents you know are here and you know when alice runs out of getting anybody else that's when she plugs me in so
0: or you yeah you know that could be done again and it could be very easily be run through StreamYard and played live ooh new technology scary
1: because when we do it again there is going to be new and different ways of recording it and um, john john can will have to be involved with that because rick body has retired
0: and we're always experimenting and playing with new technology i i still have pieces of equipment i haven't even had time to play with yet so So, hey, everybody, if you guys have any lawn and garden or vegetable garden or plant questions,
1: Uh, please feel free
0: to put them in the chat and we will do our very best to answer them.
1: We're getting to the point where you need to start thinking about your vegetable garden again.
0: Exactly. And I know that we have a couple different things to go over here. So let's go ahead and knock them out. All right. So... You talk for a moment. Let me go ahead and pull them up.
1: <laughs> what am I gonna talk about, about um I have seen online, um, well, Tia from Orange County posted that it's time to start your little tomato starters, like, you know, in the trays. Um, and and she, I think she says mid-September is when you should put them in the ground
0: Okay. And
1: we can talk about it. So September through however long it lasts, that's another warm season, right? So you're going to put warm season vegetables. You want to start your cool season vegetables. When would you want to start those? In October?
0: I like to wait until at least the beginning of October to put those cool season things in. Technically, many of them can be planted earlier. I just think September is still just too hot for, you know, the carrots and the lettuce and mm-hmm. the radishes and things so like they that.
1: start late October and then they have the winter to go through.
0: Mm-hmm. But if you plant warm season things again in the fall, like I have planned um, tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, tomatillas. I have some tomatilla plants in the ground. Um, those kind of things are going to be finishing up. Uh, the rest of August, September, and even into October. So my garden, I generally don't even have room to put in the real cool season things until October at the earliest. So- So, looking
1: at here? That's something that's skeletonized.
0: Yes, these are, uh, we got some pictures here that um, Shannon Carter sent, and these are from her green bean plants. And she's got two pictures here. We got that one, and we got this one. something's been chewing on them now on this plant I can see leaf miners that's the little squiggly line that's on the leaf and the leaves obviously have chewing damage on it this is classic window painting what Mm -hmm. happens is caterpillars when they first hatch baby caterpillars are very very small and they chew leaves But they don't have a big enough mouth to chew all the way through the leaf and eat the whole thing. So what they do is they scrape the surface and eat the leaf and leave some of it behind. If you hold this up to the light, you can see light shining through it. That's why they call it window painting, I think. Mm -hmm. So she has caterpillars. So they rasp it. They don't actually chew it. They still have a chewing mouth part. It's just a very small chewing mouth part. So what they end up doing is... Scraping damage as opposed to eating so the entire leaf. The leaf.
1: They treat the leaf like the inside of an Oreo. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So they um, they chew the cream filling out of the Oreo leaf <laughs> and leave the chocolate cookie part behind. See, it's I'm probably not a very good way that, to do it.
1: See, you got that right away. Years ago, Jim Maul did not understand that um, analogy at all. When we talked really? about thing, He he would compare it to asparagus. It's like, have you never eaten an Oreo in your life, Jim?
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I've eaten both Oreos and asparagus. But this, yeah, it does remind me more of Oreos, yeah. the type of chewing and damage they do. But the bigger issue is... You know, I'm not sure why Shannon has mature green bean plants in the garden right now because they shouldn't be there. You can grow green beans here, just great. You want to plant them the end of February and make sure that they're done and gone out of the garden by maybe June 15th of the latest. And you can plant them again in the fall. And you want to start them pretty soon. Generally about the end of August is when you put the seeds in. So within a few weeks... But trying to grow them between June and August is not one of those things that does well during the heat of summer. There's only a few choices and green beans are not one. Uh, Cow peas or black-eyed peas, which are in the bean family, do very, very well in the heat of summer. It's a tropical vegetable. Mm -hmm. Okra, of course, does very well in the heat of summer. Sweet potatoes, but green beans, not so much. So, uh, Shannon, you have caterpillars, and the way to control caterpillars is a product that contains Bt, or Bacillus thuringiensis. Is it
1: worth even trying to control at this point,
0: though? <laughs> I, time, I wouldn't, because I'm you're going you're, you're to get, get a whole host of insect pests and diseases. So even if you control the caterpillars, my guess is the beans are going to die from diseases really soon. Mm-hmm. And then, that's in. just because of the time of year and the weather. Yep. We've
1: got a lot of questions
0: piled up on here. But... Oh, gosh, I know.
1: Yeah, let's start with Lee.
0: No, here let's start, let's start with the hard one for you. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: Alicia All right. asks: This was the first time ever with landscaping. I planted bulbine yellow on the outside, second row blue days. Third row, mini Ixora red with standard pink Ixora. as a backdrop in the corner, yellow daisy bush. Wow, that sounds beautiful to me. It to does.
1: Yes, um, I don't see anything wrong with any of that. Um, they're all exotics, but they're all Florida friendly. So uh, the blue days might be native, I think. Yeah. Um, but it sounds fantastic. sounds like you're really making an effort to have a beautiful design there, and you're doing the you know the lower growing and and you know and as it goes up, so I think it's gonna turn out hopefully it'll turn out great as long as you planted them not too deeply and um you know at this point they they're gonna need some probably some hand watering. Since nature is not cooperating, like definitely
0: you, you want to make sure that they're well watered until they get established. So on a really really sunny hot day, that may mean a couple times a day, right. just lightly. You don't have to, you know, turn the irrigation on for two hours to water them. Just to no, and
1: turn your irrigation system on when it's not your day. But if you watch our micro-irrigation <laughs> program that is on both of our Facebook pages, mm-hmm. you'll learn a lot from that. Or you can use a hose with your hand. Or I have rain barrel workshops twice a month, and the rain barrel water you know, would be great for that bed as well. Uh-oh, she lost us.
0: okay lee down there in broward county down south florida has started her tomatoes and they're about three inches now i have also i started my tomatoes and they're just coming up and i have larger transplants i just put in the garden like i said tomatillas which i've grown before tomatillas are great they make great salsa and enchilada sauce and peppers and a couple of eggplants because I like eggplant.
1: I saw some tomatillas at a produce stand in Dade City. My granddaughter and I were there, and she asked me what they were, and I did not know. <laughs> so then later, when I happened to see it and an explanation, then I texted my daughter like three days later <laughs> Tell Addie tomatilla. <laughs> That's what we saw.
0: It's a tomato relative.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you don't normally eat them fresh, like in a salad, like you would with cherry tomatoes. Right, right. Uh, They get about cherry tomato size, and they got this papery husk on them that you have to pull off. What you do very quickly is you take them, you wash them off really well, cut them in half, and put them on a baking sheet. And you chop up some onion into big chunks and put it on the baking sheet. I take a couple of big scoops of minced garlic, throw it in there also. You could throw in a jalapeno pepper or a lot of jalapeno pepper if you like things really hot. Or whatever kind of hot pepper you like. And then you could throw green pepper or colored pepper on there also. Take it and put it in the oven and either bake it or broil it until it starts to get just a little bit singed. You want to see a little bit of black. Not all black. Don't incinerate it. Just a little bit of singed. And cooked. Take all that once it cools and put it in the food processor or blender. Liquefy the whole thing. It's going to be the most fantastic enchilada, homemade enchilada sauce. And, you know, enchilada sauce for a little can's some over a buck and a half at the grocery store. And it's not very good either. But you can make your own enchilada sauce, put it on top of Mexican food, burritos, fajitas, whatever you want to do.
1: You know what you missed last week? Somebody asked um, to say have some of the bigger avocados. And, you know, they didn't find it mm-hmm. all that tasty, and they wondered if we had any ideas, and Bernie just burst into this fantastic recipe with shrimp and Thousand Island dressing, and then uh, Corey put in some ideas about bacon, and it would, see, we always get into uh, somehow about recipes here, too.
0: Yeah, well, we always head off in one of two directions, either down the recipe path
1: or, or the food
0: path. And we usually end up going down both within one hour so. So Alicia asks, can I start my seeds now? If you mean for your vegetable garden, yes. Now is a good time to start those seeds. For a variety of things. You can even start the cool season things like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, things like that. It's a little bit early. I wait till the beginning of September myself. But really, really soon. So you need to order your seeds, you need to make sure you have the soil on hand, the containers are all washed and clean. It's time to kind of start pulling everything together and getting ready. And Linda asks about soil solarization. How long should you leave that clear plastic on a garden bed in order to solarize it to kill nematodes? The recommendation is six weeks. Four weeks works even shorter than that helps every little bit helps but to be really completely effective i think the recommendation is about six weeks during the summer when it's hot right. now
1: mm-hmm. well
0: not today but
1: it's hot it's just not as sunny
0: boy i tell you off the last few days i squeezed in time late in the day to get some things done outside
1: me too,
0: me too. oh my gosh even when it's Close to getting dark if there's no breeze. It's like
1: I know like
0: being in a I, sauna. I did
1: some things last night too. I wasn't out there half an hour and I was soaked. It was gross. Good morning from Pinellas. I want to talk to Cindy and Lee and tell them both to, especially Lee, <laughs> to watch my monarchs Milkweed and Myths program. Um, because it has a lot to do with with your south florida location there lee you know because there is a um breeding group down there that doesn't go to mexico so
0: well alicia says that she has a trash can catching rainwater she's in orange county and they don't offer rain barrel discounts my plants love them we obviously need to get tia on here because you know what tia is the florida friendly landscape agent with orange county extension and she can explain all that yeah, and if you I want somebody to yell, yell at you can her
1: they have rain barrel workshops just not as often see mm-hmm. what happens here in hernando and why we are able to have them twice a month like we do and you have to pay you have to pay 65 for the barrel um and if you are a customer of Hernando County Utility for your water, you will get a one-time credit of $30 on your water bill for participating and taking a rain barrel home. But see, we are the utilities company. I work for the utilities company. So (laughs) there are different grants and things we get for water conservation that allows us to purchase these in bulk. And then obviously you're paying us back. You're paying us that bulk price back. A lot of extension offices are kind of stuck relying on trying to gather up, you know, old feed barrels, and you know, having some volunteer that's able to do that, and that's why their workshops are not as frequent as mine. But you know, contact them, see if they have one coming up. Sometimes I've noticed that they they um, like they will partner with the city of Orlando. I don't know specifically, you know, that. City of Orlando, but I've seen um, like the city of St. Petersburg and stuff will will do things like that in cooperation with county extension. So check your county extension office; they may not do it as often as we do, but they probably have some kind of opportunities out there. But you know, using what you can works too.
0: Yeah, and I know that it varies a lot from one county. to another. Um, Hey, I lost your, oh, there it is, your infographic, I was gonna say. Mm -hmm. Um, It varies a lot from one county to another. There is a local county, who I'm not sure if they still do it, but I know they used to do compost barrels and rain barrels for free, but it's one per household per year you have to go to a half day class in person so
1: yeah it varies I think a lot. the city of st. st pete or even sometimes sarasota will do it but you do have to be a resident there you do get it for free but it is you know it's just more sporadic it's when they're able to come across those items and you'll probably be getting a recycled feed barrel of some kind and nothing wrong with that either Ours are made to be rain barrels, they are made from recycled material, but we buy them in bulk. We buy like a hundred and some at a time. And I've got them in a storage room. So and recently the people who the company that's won the bid is in viral world. So if you want to check out their rain barrels, we only get beige ones. That's the only kind you can get, you know, in bulk. And it's uh, been a good barrel been very happy with that company
0: so lily you sent this to me earlier this morning and this looks like a pretty busy infographic here with a lot of information what the heck is going on here it's well i think you've even held
1: classes about this before about um no pesticide vegetable gardening i was thinking maybe you should you had mentioned you want to start classes like once a week about different aspects of vegetable
0: gardening yes i am planning for the whole month of october and even going back to the end of september and beginning of november we're going to be doing weekly vegetable gardening classes to help everybody kind of get up and running for the uh prime time vegetable gardening season which is winter here in florida not the heat of summer heat of summer is pool time not vegetable garden time um so we're going to be i'm going to be putting together a whole series of classes on tuesdays and follow us on facebook for information as soon as we have you know topics picked and organized and guests invited you know we'll make all that information available
1: i think you're look, looking
0: at this infographic and i'm kind of struggling with the no pesticide gardening okay Because it's very very difficult. Well, first of all, what the heck is a pesticide? A pesticide is something that when you apply it, is designed to kill a pest. So what falls under the heading of a pest? That could be an insect. That could be a weed. That could be a fungus. It could be a snail. There's a lot of things out there that technically fall under the heading of garden pest. So let's, let's just talk about insects. You have an insect that's chewing up your, like what we saw with um, Shannon's beans. She has caterpillars chewing up her beans. So obviously caterpillars for her are a pest. So how do you vegetable garden traditional vegetables without using any kind of pesticide? You know, technically, um, and when I was still in school, uh, we looked at... um, I helped with some research using American Beautyberry berries, Roundup, because they contain a compound that either kills or deters spider mites. You know, if you just spray water on a leaf that has spider mites, you're going to kill some of the spider mites. So that water is technically a pesticide. Neem oil is a pesticide. Insecticidal soap is a pesticide. Uh, Diazinon, DDT, is a pesticide. So, what we try to encourage people is to use the safest, lowest toxicity controls, even if it's just squirting from your garden hose to blow the aphids off a of hibiscus. Technically, that's acting as a pesticide. Insecticidal soap is very, very safe for you to use. Don't drink it. Don't take a bath with it. Don't wash your hands with it. Use some common sense. But to mix it up in a sprayer and spray it, it's not very dangerous for you or your dog or your neighbor or anybody else. It is very effective for controlling insects. So I look at things more like using the safest, lowest toxicity pesticides. It's really difficult to just say, I'm not gonna use any pesticides. And you can do that. I'm not sure how much you're gonna get out of your garden though to eat. Hmm. Um, but looking through this there's lots and lots of i mean all these different suggestions here are very valid and good and common sense so um
1: well you have the, to read them to us because they're pretty small for us to
0: sure uh some prep work you can do is till or hand turn the soil well uh in advance of planting to discourage soil soil insects that's a good way to get rid of weeds if you turn your garden over <coughs> Pull the weeds up, let it sit, let it rain a few times. What's going to happen? More weeds are going to come up. Carefully pull them. More weeds come up. Pull them. If you do that a few times, when you put your transplants in, you're going to have very few weeds coming up. That's called a stale seedbed um, way of planting. Use soil solarization. We already got a question about that. And organic matter to the soil to help reduce nematode populations. It also holds water, holds nutrients, does a million different really, really good things. So we encourage composting. We have a lot of classes. For planting, identify beneficial insects such as praying mantis, spiders, big-eyed bugs, ladybugs. Hopefully we all know that ladybugs are good bugs and we don't spray and kill them. Plant flowers in the vegetable garden. You could do it in the vegetable garden. You could do it near the vegetable garden to attract pollinators for when the time comes when things are flowering, you need pollinators. Rotate vegetables so that you're not growing the exact same thing in the exact same spot over and over. Because if you do that, the insect pests for that crop are gonna build up. Choose varieties with resistance or tolerance to nematodes and common diseases. Boy, this is long infographic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. For maintenance, remove unproductive plants and compost or dispose of them. Yeah, if your plants die, pull them up. If they get a virus, pull them up. Insects are probably just going to spread it to the healthy plants.
1: Right, and you want to be careful with that composting too if they have a disease um, because um, it could transfer if it's not really... Heated out, and most home compost piles are cold compost, not hot composting. So, it might be better just to throw it away.
0: Yeah, you don't want to compost diseased plants or weeds that have already flowered and set seeds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, says watch for early disease symptoms. So, that just falls under scouting. scouting. Yep. That's a part of every vegetable gardening class that we give. Remove any diseased leaves or plants to slow the spread. Lily likes to say, just snip off the tip that has the problem and chuck it. Yep. I like to take those rubber grasshoppers and throw them over the fence into the neighbor's <laughs> yard, which works just fine.
1: <laughs> I have another story
0: about my, my, my um, neighbor's still like it.
1: when you're
0: done. <laughs> okay. Uh, monitor or scout the garden twice weekly for pest problems. Hey, guys, when you got plenty of stuff growing in the vegetable garden, stroll out there and relax and enjoy the peace and quiet every single day and just walk through to find out what's going on out there and figure out who's living in your garden. So twice a week is good, every day is even better. Control weeds in and around the garden because they can be a source of insects and diseases. That's true. Remove large insects by hand like lover grasshoppers. They won't bite you. And you can take them, especially when they're full grown and pitch them over the fence into the neighbor's yard.
1: Or you can put them in a bucket of soapy water. Or even a big cup, like a 32 ounce cup with a lid. That works when you have
0: lots of little ones. The individual big ones are best over the fence. Here's, here's, boy, I could have written this thing. Here's, here's one of my favorites. Do not panic and start spraying at the first sign of insect damage. I was trying to screenshot a question that I saw on Facebook this morning and it's a picture of pumpkin plants and they're all chewed up. Uh, caterpillars have just, little caterpillars have gone to town on them and chewed them up. It says, I sprayed this stuff on my pumpkins, why are they still looking bad? And the, the comments on there, they only, it only have one or two comments at this point Somebody else said, I have the same problem. I'm following. And the, they showed a picture of what they would sprayed as some kind of three-in-one. It contains pyrethrin, maybe neem, and I think that's it. I'm thinking like, guys, you've got caterpillars. Yeah. Pyrethrin and neem aren't going to work well on caterpillars. Mm-hmm. Figure out what the heck your problem is first before you spray anything. If you know that, if you go out there, and you know, if you look, start looking through leaves and everything, you're gonna find these little long, skinny, wiggly things. And at one end, they have a head and a little chewy mouth. And at the other end, they poop. See, ding, we went down that path. And they're called caterpillars. So if you know you have caterpillars, very easy to figure out how to control caterpillars. If you have some kind of mysterious problem if you just start grabbing stuff out of your shed and spraying you may get lucky and just by process of elimination apply the right thing to control the problem you probably won't though so it's just I need I need to just quit go looking at Facebook on this thing because these questions just, just they just kill me <laughs> I'm afraid of answering because I don't oh, know no no
1: people, you don't want to people just put the link to attend this. <laughs> to attend you know what I'm
0: gonna do? I'm just gonna since between the two of us we have so many classes, I'm just gonna put a link into the appropriate class.
1: Yeah. Watch
0: this. Watch this. Right. It'll help yeah. clear up your problems. But going back to this, we're almost done here. Harvest ripe crops promptly. That's a good idea. If you let like rotten tomatoes and squash and all kinds of things get out there, attracts all kinds of nasty things. They'll compost. Mm-hmm. but then there is going a lot of then you might get thing. volunteers in your compost bin
1: too
0: here keep plants growing vigorously and in a state of good health by supplying appropriate amounts of water and fertilizer that doesn't mean keep dumping it on by the truckload the word appropriate is the key term in this sentence And that's pretty much it. This is for no pesticide gardening. If you do all these things, you will be able to seriously reduce the amount of pesticides you use. What you do use is going to be safe for you and your dog and your kids and the neighbors and everybody else. And it's going to be effective. And you're going to be able to solve your problems instead of just keep throwing things out there and hope, hope that... You, something you did is going to make your plants look better. Mm-hmm.
1: The old wisdom, the old quote, quote, wisdom <coughs> was uh, that my mother, she gave us many wise things, but unfortunately, this is not one of them because she taught several of my siblings that seven is the answer to everything. No, Don't be just, 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 just throwing chemicals out there all the time. <laughs>
0: Well, we still have older people that were part of the greatest generation, and they grew up with pesticides.
1: Because, yes, just the really world, War, world War II, post-World War II, they learned better living through chemicals. Yeah. yeah literally. Yeah. So when,
0: know, when they, they contacted...
1: a cleaner, more hygienic world, more efficient. Yeah.
0: Um, mothballs, they like mothballs still. Yeah.
1: Well, my story about my bed that has all the, had all the mealybugs because of a lot of salvia there. Remember I told you I just clipped a whole bunch away and
0: uh-huh. threw it
1: away and that seemed to solve the problem. Well, the other day, walking through the yard and I you know happened to see a couple stalks of salvia again covered in mealybugs and I just standing out at my yard and I yelled at my, <laughs> my, at the mealybugs. I'm like, you scumbuckets. And. <laughs> Just just came out, and so I clipped those away, but I did notice uh, another time that um, in some weeds, you know, we're getting ready to pull some weeds, and that that thin kind of waxy grass on it's goose grass, or whatever it is, it comes up pretty easily. You know, I was going to pull some of those weeds, but I just stopped and looked at one of them. I've taken pictures, but I haven't downloaded it off my camera to see if they turned out, but they were lacewing eggs on this weed. So, and I know lacewings are going to be eating those mealybugs. I'll have to yes, see them. it and bring the picture next week so you can share it. So I know, I mean, I put a couple ladybugs when I cut the original group, those plants down. I did see some ladybugs, so I put them back. And mm-hmm. now I know I have lace wings. So I have not applied Chemical One <clears throat> just by removal and allowing the beneficials to do their thing. I and mean, it's, it's doing okay in there.
0: Yeah. And lace wings, lace wings aren't necessarily all that common. You really have to kind of look for the larva. The adults, if you look around your front porch lights this time of year, you'll see them flying around. But the eggs, if you start looking through your plants, and whether it's hedge bushes or flowers, the eggs are super, super common. Very Every time I go looking for stuff, I'll run across some of the eggs because they're so distinctive looking.
1: Yeah, they, they're on like, they'll be like diagonally on, and then a bunch of threads and then the little eggs at the points of the threads. So if you see something like that, and I'll try to, if I got a decent picture, I mean, they're tiny. So, if I haven't looked back at my camera to see if I managed to get a decent picture, Um, we'll share it. We'll share it next week. And I bet you, any second now, there's going to be a link to a picture of Lace Wing. I can tell that Teresa
0: has joined us this morning because she is (laughs) the one who does the really good job of adding the links. So, I know we have some questions and comments here. Alicia says, I am doing vermicompost. That's great. I've never tried that before. I'm no expert on it. You know, obviously I'm familiar with what it involves, but I've never tried it. I need to learn to get eggs out. Any suggestions? Look online under University of Florida vermicompost.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't know. <laughs> um, well, there is a
0: way that in your in your bin, and that's why people use trays and layers you could have all the worms in one layer and then you put in a tray and more stuff that they're going to eat and they're going to move to it and see be- be- before i before i go into any more circles there teresa already has a link up to it thank you teresa I think Corey was talking about one of our insect issues there. He people says do,
1: he's referring to the lover grasshoppers that you throw over to the neighbors.
0: A lot of people do that.
1: Oh, even we, we know people who like to get crazy with the pruners
0: with them too. And Corey said he found some really cool pesticides in a really old farmer's shed. Cool. <laughs> and they're probably all illegal. You know, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that's off the market now that was that. Just within over the last well I don't know time flies within the last 10 20 years have been taken off.
1: Corey, I don't know which property you're referring to whether it's Hernando or Pasco, but I know Hernando has um, hazardous um, like amnesty days so pay attention um, I will probably post them on my Facebook too that you can um, you know take them to a certain area you know, your chemicals, but you can always take those type of chemicals up to the main landfill um, on 98 North. If, if it's in Hernando County, you'll have to check out PASCO's rules. Um, and, but you can't take them to any of the transfer stations. You have to take them right up to the main landfill and they do have a hazardous waste um, area. You know, let them know what you have so that they can dispose of it properly. But I'm glad, you know, a lot of people will do what Bill said, like we'll get Uncle Joe's, you know, DDT or something <laughs> off of the, or Malefion or something, you know, out of the shed and like, oh, this will probably work. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, those things get purchased and used and then placed in the shed and then 10, 20, 30 years can go by and they're still sitting there in the shed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't trust that stuff.
0: Joelle says that she has no pesticides in her garden. That's great. You know, I almost never use pesticides because I'm a really lazy gardener.
1: Yeah. I almost
0: (laughs) never get around to like, actually, I got to go find a pump sprayer. And I got the stuff to use. And I don't buy the really toxic stuff. I'm growing calabasa in my backyard. I have a calabasa on the vine. And apparently after they form, it takes like 55 days, anywhere from like 30 to 55 days for them to get to the point where you're supposed to pick them. I have one out there now. It's probably pushing like a 40-pounder. It's much bigger than a basketball and growing.
1: Oh, you'll have to get a picture.
0: Yeah, well, I have one from a couple weeks ago. It's about doubled in size since then. Cool. But I got caterpillars eating the vines, so I uh, mixed up some spinosad yesterday and went out there and started spraying them.
1: And what is spinosad? Spinosad
0: Is it's approved for organic production. And it is made from a naturally occurring bacteria that is toxic to caterpillars. It's toxic to um, the little caterpillars that drill into the leaves and cause problems and also extremely effective on thrips and there's not a whole lot of stuff that works really really well on thrips so i have spinosad primarily for caterpillars spinosad and bt both work well on caterpillars you can buy it as a matter of fact you can go to a big box store and buy it or you can go on amazon and order this stuff too um the one brand of spinosad that i know of is called Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew, and contains spinosad, and commercial growers have been using spinosad for a number of years. They get it by the fifty-five gallon drum, so mm-hmm. yeah, very very safe.
1: careful with it if you're trying to um, butterfly garden. So be very judicious where you put it amongst your edibles, um, so that because as he said, it kills caterpillars and it doesn't know which caterpillars you want to live and which ones you want to die. For.
0: Sure, it will kill all caterpillars, so you need to first figure out what the heck your problem is. Number two, if it is a caterpillar, figure out generally what kind of caterpillar it is and whether you really want to control it or not. If it's a little, nondescript, green caterpillar that's eating your calabasa, like me, you probably want to spray and control it. If it's a big striped caterpillar that's eating your milkweed, what could it be, Lily? A big striped caterpillar
1: eating your milkweed? It could yeah. be a monarch, or it could be a queen.
0: Okay. <laughs> you probably don't want to kill them and control them, because you're probably like monarchs and queen butterflies. I don't know. All personal opinion, I guess. And <laughs> I've been seeing the question of caterpillars eating up people's passion vines. And what could they be? There's at least two of them. A Gulf a fritillary or
1: a zebra longwing. I didn't know I was uh-huh. going to be
0: quizzed today. <laughs> so you probably don't want to kill them so but they're eating up your passion vine but who cares your passion vine is just going to grow right back right so these are all things that you need you need to do a little leg work a little thinking before you just grab the bottle out of the shed and just start spraying
1: i planted passion vine two years ago could never get it to grow and i think because it would get so high and uh my tortoises would eat <laughs> <coughs> So I pretty much gave up on it, but I noticed the other day, you know what's growing up my fence? What? The passion vine. <laughs> <laughs> so that I gave up on two years ago. So.
0: And going back to what Corey found, Malathion, I think that's still on the homeowner market. No, it's not. They pulled Malathion that. off. I know that um, there were a couple of others who did. Paraquat that
1: was taken out in like I'm pretty years. sure it's not on
0: the homeowner market. You realize that there's certain chemicals that are not available to homeowners, but they're still available as a restricted use pesticide. They can be used in certain circumstances.
1: I know they don't use malathion for mosquito spraying anymore. <laughs> I yeah, I know mosquito spray. control doesn't
0: use malathion. It, it was may be like, still be available for homeowner. I don't know. I'm not know i am I've never, in almost nine years, recommended malathion no. to control any problem. I think what odd. happened
1: is the, um, you know, their patent ran out, and then they just didn't want to, you know, go through all the legal stuff you have to do to continue it. Is what I heard. I thought that was malathion. Um,
0: could be, could yeah. be. And then paraquat is closely related to diquat. Boy, they're really effective weed colours. <laughs> We no, I, I help, I help with a research project that involved Diquat, which is very, very closely related to Paraquat. When it gets sprayed on a plant, the plant will basically die within about 15 minutes. So, very fast acting.
1: That's pretty scary. Corey has a question about um, urban farms in Pasco County. He's looking for a regionalized. Regional Specialized Agent. Do you have such a thing, Dr. Lester?
0: Well, there is. um, Our agent, our friend, Matt Smith, covers Pasco County also. And if Teresa is still watching us, I'm sure that she can share his contact information. And you know, we need to have Matt on here as a guest. That'd be cool. Yeah
1: or you can contact the pasco county extension office i mean whitney might be able to answer some of your questions if she is available she's the director there but matt yeah matt's your your urban farm your small farm i think
0: she has her hands full just running the place down there now so (laughs) and Well, I tell you what, I couldn't make it through my day at work here Do you
1: know what so. I started calling her last week, Bill? She's what? our produ- She's our producer. <laughs> so our producer behind the scenes <laughs> is helping us out.
0: She's what when I do Facebook Live, she's the camera person.
1: Mhm. Okay, Pj has. Wait, wait, the voice of Marion Coney <laughs> has state of Florida used Paraquat on pot plants growing in the state during the 80s and made lots of smokers very sick. Okay, so they were trying to control the illegal crop and they sprayed it and then people smoked it. That's probably what happened there.
0: Yes. Probably not a very good idea.
1: When I first saw that, I read it "potted plants." So when I read it out loud, I'm like, "Oh no, she she meant she meant pot plants."
0: And Matt Smith is our sustainable agriculture and food system agent, and he covers Pasco, Hernando, and Sumter counties. And yeah, I need to get Matt.
1: Covers pot plants.
0: (laughs) Yes, he even he can answer questions on them too. (laughs) But now we call that industrial hemp. That's right.
1: Learned some interesting things about it from him. That when the plant gets stressed, it raises its own levels of THC and has to be destroyed. Probably yeah, better. there's a lot of
0: issues with with the testing the love the THC levels can change pretty quickly when you test how many samples do you have to take from let's say a 10 acre field to get an accurate test of overall I don't know um, I know the person who helped to develop the uh, testing protocol for it and he says it, it's filthy messy everything gets dirty and sticky and has to be cleaned constantly you can only do a, run a few tests a day so it's, it's a mess.
1: Teresa, we need a link for you, from you. Um, go to Hernando County Extension's um, Facebook page, EJ, and you'll find out about the Master Naturalist um, modules. I don't think, you know, they're very county-specific. They're kind of regional, right? So
0: You know, it just so happens we have the Coastal Systems class coming up for master naturalist coming up really soon, right? And a lot of
1: it is online you'll have to travel at certain points, but a lot of it is online. And I believe the second module is also going to be local. And then the third one will be elsewhere in the state, but it should stay, you know, it should be doable for you. So look at the, um, Hernando County extension Facebook and, um, Look for where the post is that's referring to the, the coastal systems of the Master Naturalist Program. And Brittany is a fantastic coordinator, you know. Um, he will be teaching parts of it, as well as um, Alice Mary Hurden, who is a
0: naturalist as well. You know, we need to have Brittany back on here as a guest sometime, or you can always just contact our office. Teresa will get you all the information you need. And
1: oh, here, there, here.
0: With that, we can start.
1: And Teresa, MasterNaturalist.ifas.ufl.edu. And what there's like three different modules the coastal the upland and something else you have to participate in them all to get the title master naturalist that's a good pretty good program and after that i don't think with that that there's like a volunteer component like master no there,
0: there is no volunteer component you I, there are opportunities for you to volunteer to help with certain things that they're doing but i'm not too sure about that and i don't believe there's any additional ceu requirements
1: okay and pj says she's using the iNaturalist app and just wow well yeah because apps like that are basically crowd share apps people put in I mean, you can get great ideas. Most of the time, you're going to get the right answer, but that can't be promised. (laughs) Because everyone just kind of participates in it. She's saying everyone would benefit, oh, from using it. She likes the iNaturalist. Good. And she'll check the Facebook for the program classes. She heard from Dr. Pipoli broward county her master gardener leader she heard about the master naturalist program mm-hmm. um i know someone as i just mentioned alice mary hurden who's a naturalist um and a nature photographer and all that she uses i naturalist all the time
0: yeah very popular i'm not too familiar with it i believe that you could put things in and get an identification like other people who are experts in that area yeah, right, right.
1: and, and, and that. you know mary Alice herself often answers the question so i'm kind of afraid to like put it on there because she will see i don't know <laughs> you No, know, she spends a lot of time studying a lot of these you know she'll know the name of the teeniest tiniest little flower or insect we've had that before she wants you to know the name of everything <laughs> because she wants to know
0: yes yeah, iNaturalist is good. And another one that maybe not everybody's as familiar with, Ed Maps, E-D-D-MAPS. And what this is is for mapping out primarily invasive everything, invasive, everything from birds to lizards to plants to insects and everything else. And when you upload a potential sighting, they do have experts who look at it and have to sign off on it to verify that that you know it, the identification is correct, and if you're interested in, like for example, tegu lizards, are they in your county? I don't know. You could look on Ed Maps and look on the map and see if they've been definitely identified and found in your county or in your state. So this is another another resource. Corey says
1: Alice Mary has identified some stuff. Um, for him, yeah, she loves to learn. I'm pretty satisfied taking a picture of something and letting the picture just stand for its own beauty. <laughs> she wants to know what she took a picture of <laughs> and everything about it. So, and that's great. You know, we need we need people very curious <laughs> like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, that's how you know people encounter things. They take a picture. You ask somebody, a lot of times that's how different invasive things are found. And it really, a lot of times it helps researchers track them and figure out where they are, where they're not.
1: Yep. So I like to hang out with Alice. I like to hang out with Rita Grant. I like to hang out with Bernie. I like to hang out with you. I like to hang out with other extension agents because hanging out with all these smart people, then I get to at least glean, you know, some of what they, you know, they're talking about and, and some of it sticks. So that's the best way to learn things is to hang out with people who have the same passions
0: mm-hmm. as you do.
1: Even if it's online.
0: <laughs> and yes, it's always very important to take good diagnostic pictures yes. for what whether you're, whether you're emailing it to me or iNaturalist or I forward it on to an expert at the university, there's a big difference between good pictures and bad pictures. We need to have somebody speak about that. Who should we get to cover that
1: one? Well, Alice is working for Citrus County Recreation now, so, you know, it probably be hard to catch her. But, oh, I know who you can get, ooh. Who is the guy at the herbarium? Mark Frank?
0: Oh, Mark Frank?
1: (laughs) Yes. You send him a bad picture, he'll let you know about it. Yes, he will
0: scold you.
1: When I worked years ago at Fort County Extension, before we were sending up pictures, we were literally taking plant samples, packing them up, sending them to him. Oh my gosh, if they didn't come to him in perfect condition, you heard about it. <laughs> and, and now, you know, pictures are the same. What's funny is you'll get scolded and then you'll get your answer. He always had the answer, but he yeah. does know how difficult it was with what you provided. For him.
0: Or as close as he could get. There's a lot of grasses where he can tell you what family it is, but there's like a 100 species and he needs a physical sample that's either flowering or has seeds on it to uh, you know look at under the microscope. Some things are really difficult to identify. And yeah, Corey, I've um, recently found snails here in Hernando County and Sumter County that weren't vouchered as being present here, so. Mm-hmm. It's just well, you know, ding, it is exactly 11 o'clock. Boy, we're actually staying on time pretty well today too. Yeah, we are. Lee, we like hanging out with you guys also. I look forward to this every Thursday morning. Um. Oh, by the way, Lily, I can't be here next week.
1: Okay, well, I can't be here on the 25th. So you're going to have to work that out.
0: For what, the 25th? Yes. Yeah. I'll be here. Okay. Uh, and I can't be here the following week september 1st because i'll be at epath
1: yes i know i have that one covered
0: yes okay mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah uh-huh. next thursday i have to help with a uh, master gardener training from 9 to 12. so
1: okay well the 25th uh it's the wrap up meeting for this strategic leadership journey um <gasps> classes i've been
0: So after that you'll be able to lead this this confused weekly show, right?
1: Sure. Yep. Can we change the name? (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Virtual plant clinic with Dr. Bill and Lily too. Yes. If you we need to make a graphic. We need to update the graphic. I made a
1: graphic before I should have sent it to you where I put my avatar self saying and Lily, and then you you got rid of it.
0: pj wanted to talk about grasshopper poop so so we could save that for next week you can cover that with lily next week because it <laughs> always poop comes me. up every week for some reason yes maybe i'll get Brittany next week Ooh. sure you could try i know that jim wanted to jump on he would have been here today but he had something else mm-hmm. um Uh, Hannah was supposed to be here today. She never showed up. I sent her the link yesterday.
1: Hannah is the director at the Gate Conservation Center in Mm -hmm.
0: in Hernando County. Yes. So So we'll start bringing in some, some new guests. Um, if I know that Hannah wasn't going to be here, uh, we do have Deanna, who's our new 4-H program assistant. Mm -hmm. I was going to have her on, so Mm -hmm. give her a chance.
1: Might be kind of scary with her being new. <laughs> Let her get used to.
0: Well, what better we way to learn? Here, turn turn on your camera. Click on this link and just join right on in.
1: <laughs> we also have a new environmentally sensitive lands uh, coordinator here in Hernando County.
0: I and, haven't even met her yet.
1: Oh my gosh, she's right in your building.
0: Sometimes I've, she's in and out all day long. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, her office happens to be located in their building. I have met her and have had at least one conversation with her. So we will
0: have her on for sure. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. because Mike Singer went on to bigger and better or different at least things with the water management district. So he did fantastic things for our environmentally sensitive lands here in Hernando County. And I'm looking forward to what Carla will be also adding to the program.
0: So lots of exciting guests coming up. Uh, guys, be sure to save up your questions, take good pictures, email them to me in advance. That way I kind of have them in my email all ready to screen share with everybody. Go to the website down below here, HernandoExtension.com, to check out all of our upcoming classes. And I know that I'm gonna be posting a lot more of them as soon as I get a chance within the next week or so up there and lily i need to go on as soon as we get off here make sure that we have all your classes shared on there too so great yep okay but other than that guys thank you so much for joining us uh we will see all of you again next week
1: well
0: you and said you wouldn't but i will <laughs> sure i will lily will lily and somebody else will or maybe it'll be just lily i don't know we'll
1: we'll find someone uh, there is How a about question. lily and a
0: surprise who? guest
1: Someone who contacted me who wants to start um, doing some things with me, so I might invite her. Our new mosquito control, um, you know, public outreach person. Her name is Alyssa. Maybe we'll bring her along.
0: I know that they had somebody, and I had absolutely no idea who the name was, haven't met her.
1: her name, yeah, her name is Ma- Alyssa. If you were at the um, Hurricane Expo, <laughs>
0: You would have met her. <laughs> no, wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, great. We need to have her on here also. So tell her to get herself a webcam. I'm and to
1: right
0: we'll send her a link.
1: There you go.
0: Okay. No. Okay, thanks again, everybody. You guys have a great week. And somebody will see you back here again at 10 a.m. next Thursday. Bye.
1: Bye.